Welsh. In this episode, we're going to be talking about, uh, well, um, the idea of non-attachment to the outcome or the verse out of the Bhagavad Gita where Krishna says, you have a right to the work, but you don't have a right to the reward. Um, if you'd like to continue supporting this effort of mine in doing this podcast, these books, and all this other stuff, you can do that at theinfinitesparkofbeing.com. Um, there you can buy t-shirts, uh, tank tops, hoodies. Um, I am opening a store dedicated just to art prints on Society6, uh, mainly because what's up there right now isn't that great. Um, okay, so you have a right to the work but you don't have a right to the reward. What does that mean? Um, <clears throat> for a lot of people, that sounds like you want me to work for free. Uh, that's obviously not what it means. Um, so let's look at it on a materialist, uh, from a material standpoint, that um, you do what you do because that's what you do. Um, for me and... Um, in my work specifically, and it's more of a, it's more of a karma yoga uh, thing because, you know, if you're putting widgets in boxes and it's your job to put widgets in boxes and fix widgets, and then yeah, you you have a right to the pay and whatever. But what if we think about it from the standpoint of karma yoga, um, of art itself? Then we see it a little bit differently. Uh, what if we see it from the standpoint of love? You have a right to make art. Um, you don't have a right for everyone to love it, meaning that you can't be attached to making things and then other people just falling in love with it. I mean, I'm sure that's what you'd like. We would all like that, but that's not going to happen just because you made it or just because you want it. Um, you know, when you think of it in terms of love, you know, you have a right to love who you want, but that doesn't mean they're going to love you back. It doesn't mean that, um, or on a, maybe an easier way to look at it is you have the right to love people, but you don't have a right for them to love you the way you feel they should love you because everyone's going to love you differently. They're going to love you in the way that they're capable of loving you. Um, you know, and, and that's interesting because it requires that you kind of look at things from their point of view. Um, uh, let's see, in terms of like the work that I do, my nine to five job, which is uh, done in the name of karma yoga, uh, that I have a right to help and whatever that means. Um, but I don't have a right to other people's healing. Um, I can want that for them, but like, for instance, I work in mental health and drug addiction and I have a right to do that work, but I don't have a right to their success or their, or whatever. Like you, you just do what you do because that's what you do. And you kind of let the chips fall where they may. You, you do your best, right? So that's kind of the mundane uh, material uh, understanding of that. Now, the deeper level 
from a spiritual place would be that to think of it like this you with a capital Y has a right to uh, you as a little Y have a right to the spiritual work do what you do pray, meditate uh, do spiritual practice rituals, etc you have a right to that but the little you the mind, the nervous system all that do not have a right to that reward the thing that comes because of that which would be the liberation of soul Um, the realization of Atman the, that that you don't have a right to that that the little you doesn't because the little you isn't going to be privy to that stuff um, it's almost as if um, if I'm thinking of myself as the mind and the body and that that's me I work spiritually to uh, attain a certain understanding in order to free God. That God is trapped and I am a tool of God to untrap itself. Right? Because it's the part of the, it's the human journey to understand its identity as Atman or soul. It is the duty of Atman or soul to understand its identity as Param Atman or God or Brahma. So we work to liberate God that God is a consciousness. Um, I mean, if you thought of us as, like, say your true identity is as a God, but you in the human mind, in the body, you don't really have access to that. Um, You think you do. I get it. Um, Everybody thinks that they had an experience during meditation where they, you know, uh, whatever. But... You aren't going to know, you as the mind, as the body, are not going to know how the soul benefits from your spiritual practice. You aren't going to know how you as a mind, as a soul, are not going to understand how God benefits from your spiritual practice, how God liberates itself, or or any of that. And that's hard for a lot of people because they want to... You know, they want the benefits of yoga and meditation. They want the bliss. Right? And then there's the follow your bliss thing saying, right? I think it's Joseph Campbell who coined that, who then later said, I should have said follow your blisters. Yeah. It's a shame because I think that when people are trapped in the good vibes and the whatever of the practice that's the same as you know just being high being drunk whatever and Ram Das would always say do you want to be high or do you want to be free and of course he didn't mean drug high he was talking about spiritually high like he would talk about you know being in meditation and just light pouring out of his head and all this and that's all well and good. Do you want to be high or do you want to be free? Because being 
like bliss, for instance. I'm not saying bliss isn't great. You know, an experience, fine. Can't get attached to it. Because then you try to recreate it all the time. You know, you go to each, you know, you sit down in each session or you go to hot yoga or whatever the damn thing is. And, and you go and you experience this blissed out state and you're just essentially high on endorphins. And then you spend the rest of the time trying to recreate that getting back to that room so you can feel it again. It's interesting. You know, that's not... um, I think that's what Krishna had in mind. I think it's what Ram had in mind. I don't think think it's what Pantanjali had in mind when he wrote the Yoga Sutras. Pantanjali's Yoga Sutras, those of you yogis who are of the non-reading sort... I think my buddy calls it, they do the stretchy work, but they don't do the inner work. (laughs) Troy says that. They do the stretchy work, but they don't do the inner work. Um, You have a right to spiritual practice, but you don't have a right to the reward of spiritual practice. You have a right to spiritual practice, but you don't have a right to the liberation of soul. It's not up to little you and that's not there for little you it's for big you the capital Y and that puts everything into a different perspective if you're engaged in spiritual practice for the the bliss and the good feelings and the whatever again let's go back to the materialist materialist point of view spiritual practice for me in the past has been very arduous and very hard Sure, there's moments of bliss and ecstasy and all that. But where it really served me was in moments of pain and darkness. That's where you find God. That's where you meet God. It was Bhagwan Das that used to say, if you go to the tree and pray every day, God will find you at the tree or meet you there or something. Maybe the tree becomes God. I don't know. But all of the spiritual practice... You know, it it feels good and it is what it is, but the pain and the darkness of the human birth is where I've been the happiest with the practice. That's when you see the practice, is when it hurts. That's, That's the stuff, right? You know, um... You have a right to the practice, but you don't have a right to the bliss. You don't have a right to the reward that, you know, that Atman, soul, God receives when you liberate the soul from the mind and the body and all of that. That's what you don't have a right to. You know, there's a lot of ways to look at that. You know, a lot of different ways to look at that. Um, you know, back to the materialist way, the materialist way of looking at this, I have a right to love someone and do all the right things and be there for them and, and whatever, but I don't have a right to, I don't have a right to it being reciprocal, right? That's hard for a lot of people. 
to just love because that's what you do, to help because that's what you do, you know, that you just do what you do because that's what you do. And karma yoga uh, especially is very Sisyphean. At times it feels so Sisyphean. It feels so pointless. Saw a lot of that this week. Today's Saturday. I'm late posting this. Today's my Friday, really. Sometimes helping is so pointless. Because they're going to... They're going to do what they're going to do. And I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You know? I have a right to the work, but I don't have a right to the reward. I can't. I have to work without attachment to outcome. You have to love without attachment to outcome. When I let go of that, loving people was much easier. I just love, and then if they love me in return, I don't know. I'm just, this is how I feel about them, so I just do that. You have, you know, a right to run and train, but you don't have a right to, you know, faster times or heavier whatever. It's just, you do what you do because that's what you do. Times it's 13 minutes, 1342. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry I'm late with this. I actually recorded one that was supposed to go up and then the, the, the um, microphone was fucked up or something. It just sounded like static. It was like, oh, shit. So, um, and then yesterday I just, just didn't have time. Yeah. Um, what else do I have the right to but I don't have a right to the reward or the outcome really? Yeah. There's a lot of things. I mean, we're, we're not talking about work, you know? Talking about real life, like the real things. You know, it's like some of your parents, and you have a right to love your child, but you don't have a right to them, to their good behavior because you loved them. Right? There's people close to me, I know they love me. I know they do. They've told me they love me. Um, and I have to remember that because sometimes I can get very. depressed and shitty about myself um yeah anyway I hope this was helpful you have a right to the work but you don't have a right to the reward you have a right to spiritual practice but you don't have a right to the bliss and the ecstasy you have a right to love but you don't have a right to being loved the way you think you should be loved you have you know, a right to a lot of things, but you don't have a right to the reward. You cannot be attached to the reward. Work without attachment to outcome. Love without attachment to outcome. That's what that means. So if this was helpful, um, you know, you'd like to support it, go to theinfinitesparkofbeing.com where you can find Venmo, Patreon, t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, all that good stuff. Um, print shop for posters and stuff is on its way. Um, if any of this was confusing or strange, feel free to holler at me. Um, I love you, and I'll talk to you later.